On today's episode of the Marketing Expedition podcast, we talk with Tyler Kem. He's the co-founder and vice president of Strike Tax Advisory. He is a tax professional with nearly a decade of public accounting experience, and he has specialized in R&D tax credit consulting for the last five years, starting his own R&D consulting firm in 2018. Tyler enjoys educating CPAs, EAs, CFOs, attorneys, and industry leaders about the tax credit that can make a big difference. One of the favorite things that Tyler has said about working at Strike is every day he gets to speak with the most innovative entrepreneurs, business owners, and CPAs because no two businesses are alike and no R&D tax credit studies are alike either. So before we get to Tyler's interview and learn all about R&D tax credits as well as employee retention credits and all the things that you need to know as a business owner or maybe who somebody who works with a business that needs to understand these things, we will get into that. But first, I need to tell you about the Stash app. You can use the Stash app and go to peppershock.com slash offers and get $20 of stock from me based on this offer. The Stash app is for banking, saving, and investing. And you can try it with our link and you can add cash. And once you do, then you'll get $20 of a stock. And then, hey, we'll get a bonus too, which is nice. So go to peppershock.com slash offers and click on the Stash app link and get $20 of stock for free on me. And now it's time for the Marketing Essentials Moment, the basics that you need to go on your journey of building your brand and your bottom line. Today, I wanna talk to you about how to stop wasting money on your marketing. Whether you're a small business owner, a CEO, a marketing director, or whatever role you have in the organization, everyone needs to think about how you can get a return on your marketing investments, right? And we know that 76% of B2B marketing professionals agree that tracking the ROI or the ROMI, return on your marketing investments, gives marketing more respect. And that's from Forrester's uh, B2B marketing measurement online survey. So how are you going to track your ROMI? Some things that you can consider when you go about putting your marketing plan and strategy together. How are you gonna measure what you treasure, dump what you don't, automate what you hate, and of course, enjoy the journey along the way, right? Collecting data, understanding that data, and having a place to understand where you can put that data to then know what's going to happen, right? Measure what you treasure. So the purpose of really measuring it, the inputs, the outputs, the knowledge that you gain, the customer acquisition costs, how much you're spending on gaining those customers, right? The idea is that those KPIs or key performance indicators, or like I like to say, kept promise indicators, all of those things can help you understand how you're doing in your marketing. And of course, branding is always so hard to measure, right? But you can do things like sentiment scoring on a scale of one to 10. How effective was this branding effort or this marketing effort or this campaign or promotion that we've done? If you can find ways to track it, and there's kpilibrary.com, you can go to get all kinds of ideas to understand how you can measure what you're doing. And if people say, oh, I hear you everywhere, well, measure that. If people say, oh, I heard you here, or I learned about you this way, or so-and-so referred me, measure all of those things. If you're getting a lot of recommendations or referrals or you know things that people can continue to, to say about you, right? That word of mouth advertising or world of mouth advertising, right? If those are the things that you can track while you put together your plan, and then going back and checking in, right? We say use smarter goals. So smarter goals are specific, measurable, attainable or achievable, relevant, timed, ethical, and recorded. 
right? Being specific about what you want to measure, making sure that what you're measuring is accurate and what it is that is truly needing to get measured, right? If you can be specific about it and put that time base in there and make sure that it's relevant and it's what you want to do. And of course, ethics and advertising is always important, making sure that what you're doing is ethical, right? And then record it. Maybe if you put it on the wall or put it up on a, a smart board, like we call it, then you can see it. It's visual. And then you can continue to understand what's going on. Now, let's talk a little bit more about customer acquisition cost. The idea is, okay, we know up front we need to spend money to make more money. But the idea is that you're going to start spending less to then gain more customers. And then the other idea is that you want to increase the lifetime value of those customers. And so those are some key performance indicators that can tell you if your marketing is working or not. And there's all different things that you can do to continue to tweak and do iterations every time to make it better and better every time. And then when you go through your process, we do a marketing audit process. We want to see what we need to stop, start, and keep doing. And then we want to prioritize those things in order of what we feel is priority and budget and timeline and all of those things that you can do. And if you can continue to keep your scorecard in check and continue to do some A-B testing, do some iterations, try a different font, try a different photo, try a different platform altogether. What is it that you can do to continue to increase the accuracy of what your efforts are putting out? And that is how you can continue to measure and get a return on your marketing investments. Now let's get into the interview. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast, an auditory journey through the latest in marketing, branding, and advertising. Now, here's your Marketing Expedition Guide, Ray Allen. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen. I'm the president and CEO of Peppershock Media and the founder of the Marketing Expedition Community. And today's guest, we have Tyler Kem. Tyler, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ray. Thanks for having me. So tell everybody about what it is that you do and all the things that you're working on right now. Oh, well, that could take a while, but um, again, my name is Tyler Kem. I am the co-founder and vice president here at Strike Tax Advisory. Um, we're not your typical tax firm. Uh, we don't do day-to-day -day accounting. We don't do the tax preparation work. However, we are a tax credit and consulting firm that works with a number of different industries from software, technology, uh, which includes you know marketing and advertising tech tech companies to uh, manufacturing engineering architects software development um, and so on and and what we do is we help businesses and business owners and cpas and cpa firms identify calculate document and substantiate a number of different tax credits um, and primarily the research and development tax credit um, as well as the employee retention tax credit, which is a tax credit that was enacted with the CARES Act in about uh, March of 2020. So we've got folks from uh, multidisciplinary backgrounds, from CPAs, enrolled agents, attorneys, biochemists, PhDs, all on staff uh, to handle the numerous uh, industries that we work with, as well as the complexity of the tax code. Uh, but at the end of the day, we make it fun. Um, we're <laughs> kind of a tech-enabled firm where we're building our own software too. So um, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, tax credit and consulting firm that works with a number of, of uh, software companies in, in the marketing and advertising world. All right. So, okay. Just to give a little context to people, 
it's basically the ability to get money back, rebates back on all the things that you do. What are some of the things that you can do that help you get that R&D tax credit back? Yeah, no. So this is a this is a tax credit that's been around since 1981, but it was just made a permanent federal tax credit in 2015. And so for that reason, you know, not too many CPAs or business owners are aware that this tax credit exists. So we spend a lot of our time just educating these business owners about, you know, hey, what is the R&D tax credit? How can I get this tax money back? Um, and in a lot of cases, you have cash refunds owed to you. So we, we go in, uh, we help identify these tax credit opportunities, work with you and your CPA to maximize your tax credit potential. Uh, but at the end of the day, any business of any size can take advantage of these tax credits, so long that they are either A, uh, developing or improving a product process, software technology, invention, patent, or formula, which is obviously very broad. Uh, B, the second part is just making sure that these activities are fundamentally rely on hard sciences. So computer science, engineering, biology, physics, or chemistry. Um, typically, you know, the, the marketing and advertising opportunities are more of an art than a science, but there's definitely a science component to a lot of the software being developed. Um, but at the end of the day, there's uncertainty as to what you're developing and you go through a number of processes of experimentation to resolve those uncertainties. And as you know, with these software development lifecycle processes, it's, it's a constant iteration process of experimentation. Uh, to go from version 1.0 to 2.0 or 2.0 to 2.1. Um, so we really help identify these activities for businesses and there's certain expenses associated with those, right? So labor, uh, you know, wages paid to employees. It could be 1099 contractors or subcontractors here in the U.S. that are doing that research on behalf of you, the taxpayer. Uh, it could be supplies, materials, expenses. It could be cloud computing or AWS cloud storage costs that can generate these tax credits. Um, so again, it's, it's really this labor-based incentive that you know, instead of outsourcing you know, for cheaper wages overseas, maybe you pay a higher uh, employee or contractor and you get a tax credit back for doing these types of quote unquote research and development activities that the IRS defines. At the end of the day, the government is trying to incentivize businesses to perform R&D here in the US. And in doing so, they give you a tax credit back. Um, so at the end of the day, it's we're really looking at who, who are the people that you are working with? Is it your employees, is it your contractors? You know, maybe those expenses are going to generate a tax credit for you. And, and we take we take a deep dive with the business owner and the CPA uh, to uncover those. And, um, and we've got a unique uh, payment structure and fee, fee structure that we work with that uh, really enables small and medium-sized businesses to take advantage of these tax credits with no out-of-pocket costs. That is awesome. And you're right. People don't necessarily know about these uh, different tax credits that they can get or how they can go about getting them and the activities that they're already doing, right? And then just submitting those as, hey, this is this is how we're doing it. But there's kind of some rules around that, right? What what you can do and what you can't do and kind of the, the test, if you will, whether or not it is something that you can take a credit on, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, the really, you're allowed to go back the last three years and look for these tax credits. Um, you can amend prior tax returns to claim these tax credits that would have been there. In the event that the business was profitable, you might be owed some cash refunds from the IRS or the state authorities uh, because you did not claim them, right? So you were essentially overpaying your taxes. And so there's a lot of opportunity to go back, you know, identify these tax credits and potential refunds that you're owed. Um, but there's certainly a you know, a forensic accounting uh, 
role that we would have to play. There's a legal analysis that we have to do, but we really have these subject matter experts um, that really understand the nature of your business to really be able to maximize the tax credit potential, calculate the credits, document the credits, you know, prepare these big final reports, documenting our results, how we did it, why we did it, all the supporting schedules. And it's all, it's all to empower the client into learning what activities are qualified and what activities are not. Because at the end of the day, this is a tax planning tool that the business owner can start to realize that, hey, if we're paying a software engineer or a QA specialist, you know, we should start to anticipate a tax credit back. So part of what we do is, is hands-on consulting and um, you know, just letting the company know what, what type of activities qualify, what activities don't. And you know, just at a high level, some activities that qualify in the software space um, is, is, is writing the source code, you know, testing the source code, doing system architectures, QA, QC, um, UI, UX interfaces, um, you know, front-end, back-end development if you're creating a mobile app. Um, and so, you know, those are the types of qualifying activities we would look for. Non-qualifying activities would be your, you know, sales, general administrative work. Um, you know, if you're doing just routine maintenance or, or bug fixing, these are like non-qualifying activities. So we're really looking at the, the activities that are, you know, you're developing new features, new enhancements, um, really looking to, to improve your own proprietary technologies. Wow. Yeah. I mean, there's lots to weed through and understand and to be specialists in this area. I can see where tax accountants could use your expertise to then really help their clients too. I mean, so you really kind of partner with those types of people, right? Correct. Yep. So again, we don't do the day-to-day accounting or the tax prep work. Um, So we are able to work with a number of CPA, CPA firms to help their clients just identify, you know, who may be eligible for the credit. And then we're able to, to work with the CPA and the business owner to put in these processes, protocols in place, maximize their tax credits without putting the burden back on the CPA. Um, you know, this, this study could you know, range from 10, 20 hours, all the way up to hundred hours, depending on uh, how big the, the client and the opportunity is. Um, and so, you know, that's re- really where we roll up our sleeves and we're able to kind of dive in there, digest the information, make our assumptions, calculate the credit, and then ultimately provide all the documentation that, that anybody would need to defend these credits. Um, you know, there's certainly anybody can take a look at uh, IR, uh, the internal revenue um, service code section 41 and read about the tax credit rules. Um, But there's a number of court cases and memos that have come out over the last 40 years that tell us how to document and substantiate the credits. And for that reason, CPAs just don't have the bandwidth to to learn all the the nuances of the tax credit. You know, and like I mentioned in the beginning, these tax credits typically come and go. So they, they were either extended or they were actually expired for a number of years. And so it was really just, uh, there's a lot of tax credit, you know, specialists out there that just focus on these certain tax credits and, and that's what we do. So since we're on a marketing expedition, how do you go about marketing your company to all these partners and people that could refer you? What are some things that you guys do to help get your name out there? It's a great question. And, um, you know, traditionally these R and D tax credit firms are, you know, your bigger regional big four firms. And so we do have a, a new, you know, boutique feel tech feel to it. And so one of the first things that we did from a marketing perspective and branding perspective was just beef up our website with all the different industries that can qualify all the different States that have a different state tax credit. There's 36 States that have their own version of a state tax credit. Um, you know, there's, 
there's there's multiple different industries, as I mentioned, and what we would call sub industries within those industries, right? So even within the software space, you have uh, blockchain, you have artificial intelligence, you have cryptocurrency, cybersecurity, marketing tech, advertising tech, robotics, video game, VR, AR, and so each of these operate a little bit differently. But we've really um, you know worked on our SEO um, and want to be seen as an authority authority. Um, you know, in the space, if, if anyone is looking for any of these different industries online, um, that we're going to be there uh, with the information, with the education, you know, for the most part, what we spend a lot of our time doing is just educating folks about the tax credit. Um, so we felt that it was important from the start to build out a website that um, had all the information necessary to learn about the credit from start to finish. Um, and then certainly the social platforms are powerful, you know, LinkedIn in particular, you know, being someone that, um, you know, our firm in general, uh, being able to put out, you know, our own written articles, um, being able to share those across the different mediums um, has been powerful. But, you know, I think what, what we've seen to be really even more powerful is just the social proof that we get, um, the testimonies, the references that we get from our partners and our clients. Um, we're able to use that as collateral. And, you know, for those people that might be on the fence on if they want to work with us, um, you know, it's, it, there's nothing like hearing it directly from one of our clients and then from us. So um, I would say it's a mix of, of just being the authority online, uh, sharing our, our information on the different social mediums, and then um, sitting here and doing podcasts with you just to kind of get our name out there. Very good. So let's talk about an example, if you can. I mean, uh, without naming names, if you can, or maybe there's people who've given you permission, but what happened? How did you save them like a ton of money? Let's let's go there. <laughs> yeah. So again, you know, there's just so many different companies and CPAs that ne have never heard of the credit. Just throwing out a stat, right? 80% of our clients have are taking advantage of the R&D tax credit for the first time with us. Um, so that kind of just speaks some volume as to how many people aren't taking advantage of these tax credits out there. Um, and and you know, I would say there's maybe one company that kind of comes to mind here right now uh, that's kind of in the advertising tech space. Um, they have their own patented technologies uh, where they're doing, um, it's kind of like geolocating advertising. So depending on where you are, um, they can start advertising on the different um, online mediums like Yahoo, like Google, um, and, and they have this different technology that they've built with all these different dashboards that has targetings and insights and analytics on, on how effective your ads are. Um, they've got a, you know, a relatively big company doing 30 million in revenues, been around for 10, 15 years, um, but they'd never taken the tax credit. And ultimately, we had taken a deep dive in there with them, uh, their CEO, their CTO, and their CPA. Um, and we were able to start um, pick, you know, identifying which, which of their folks were actually developing the new technologies in the dashboards um, versus doing the sales and general administrative work. And, and we were able to go back the last three years um, and identify roughly 400,000 in tax credits um, for the company. And, you know, wow. this was a partnership. So there was two partners that owned it 50, 50. Um, so, you know, just as the profit and losses are flowing through to these partners, so do these tax credits. So each of the partners were able to get about $200,000 each in, in tax credits that they could use at their individual uh, 1040 tax return level. Um, so even though it's a business tax credit, these partners were able to personally were able to get the cash refund checks from the IRS and the state. Um, and so this is just an example of how 
um, you know, first off, the, they were overpaying their taxes in those years um, by roughly $200,000 that we were able to put it back into their pockets. Um, you know, and again, they're building proprietary technology. It made a lot of sense to them once we were able to kind of get in there and let them know what we do. And this is a legitimate tax credit. Um, but before that, you know, they were just unaware. Um, and again, that's kind of what we we pride ourselves on is, you know, first educating and then walking them through what the process is. Um, and we actually don't get paid until they're able to use the credits or they actually receive a refund check. And so for that reason, you know, there's really no financial risk to get started for us to do the work. Again, when, when they get paid, we get paid. So it's a win-win type of situation. Absolutely. I love that. You you get paid if they get paid. And I can imagine that that is definitely uh, something that would perk people's ears to say, hey, how can we do this? What can we do? And full disclosure, I um, we've talked about being a referral partner from this podcast. And so um, if people are interested in working with them, you can go to our website and <laughs> go to peppershockoffers.com and, and check out the, the strike uh, R&D tax credits and, and just the information there that you can use to do that. But I want to know, um, has this been really helpful for you to have a referral partnership with people? Absolutely. Um, you know, we are very much in a referral-based business. Um, it's such a word-of-mouth type tax credit where, you know, if we're able to, again, no out-of-pocket costs, we're not charging these folks an arm and a leg to get started with upfront retainers or monthly billings or fixed fees. You know, we go through the process, we, we take on that financial risk, we're able to deliver them 400,000 of credits. And, um, you know, sometimes it's like Christmas to these folks, and uh, they're going to go out there and tell their friends and, and their family members and other entrepreneurs that they know that take advantage of the credits. And we're able to work with them in a referral based and finder fee type of format where um, we're certainly incentivizing our clients and our partners. If, if they do make introductions, it's, it's greatly appreciated. Um, but yeah, we, we, we definitely um, work with a number of CPAs, fractional CFO firms, um, you know, attorneys, uh, wealth management firms that are looking out for, for their clients' best interest. At the end of the day, if, if um, you know, there's someone that's interested, uh, feel free to reach out to us. You can find us at uh, striketax.com. Um, I'm Tyler at striketax.com. Uh, you can certainly find us through uh, this podcast. But at the end of the day, if, if you if you think someone is interested in not taking advantage of the credits, we'd love to jump in and help out if we can. It's usually just a simple question of, hey, are, are you taking advantage of the research and development tax credit? And um, you know, we could definitely help if not. Yeah, I think it would be awesome for some of our clients and, and people that I know that could use this to their advantage. I mean, it's not every day you'd get $200,000 back. Not, I mean, obviously every, every circumstance is different, but oh my goodness, wouldn't that be just amazing? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And it, you know, typically in the past, it was, it was the big four helping the, the Amazons, the, 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 the Boeings of the world, the Intels and the IBMs getting these billions and billions of dollars of tax credits. Um, but we've really created a fee structure and a model that enables these small businesses to, to be entitled to the same tax credits that they are without having to come out of pocket. Yeah, I like the, I like the fee structure the way you have it. That's awesome. So another thing that you mentioned that you help people with recently, you know, with the, the employee retention credit that came from a CARES Act. Let's talk a little bit about that, because I know a lot of business owners, um, you know, could take advantage of this if they don't know, already know about it. So please share a little bit about the uh, the ERC credit. Yeah, for sure. And it was something that 
you know, we kind of picked up by demand. Um, you know, obviously everybody was in kind of the same place uh, when, when COVID hit in March of 2020. And then uh, the CARES Act was enacted, I think, March 27th, 2020. Um, and as part of the CARES Act, there was the PPP loan programs, number one and number two, which a lot of people took advantage of. But within that same CARES Act, there was the employee retention tax credit. Um, and this is a tax credit that is for businesses that were disrupted uh, by COVID and that either hey, had a reduction in revenues in 2020 or 2021 as it compared to 2019, or they were partially or fully suspended, meaning that there was a reduction in operating hours. Uh, there was supply chain disruptions. You had an inability to go work on site or visit your clients um, or just other disruptions that COVID caused. You can qualify for up to 33,000 in tax credits. It's actually a refundable credit um, that, that the IRS is cutting these businesses that again were disrupted by COVID. And if you were able to retain your employees on payroll, you could be entitled to up to 33,000 uh, in refunds, essentially direct refunds just for being affected by COVID. Um, so this is a way for uh, the IRS and the government to kind of again get, get cash into the small businesses hands that were able to retain employees during the tough times. Um, and since the CARES Act came out in March of 2020, there's been two other acts, the Consolidated Appropriations Act and the American Rescue Act that came out in early 2021 that did expand the employee retention tax credit through the end of 2021, um, which also extended it to be you know, up to 33,000 in tax credits per, uh, per employee. Right. So, if, I mean, we have some some uh, even marketing companies that were negatively impacted by COVID. They have about 10 employees. They're able to qualify for up to three hundred and thirty three thousand of refunds. Uh, and that's just money that the government is willing to give you just because you're impacted by COVID. Um, so it's a very powerful tax credit that, um, you know, again, we don't know how long this is going to last, but or where the money's coming from, for that matter. But uh, again, this is just money that the IRS is looking to get in the hands of small businesses for, for, for companies that were negatively, negatively impacted by COVID. Um, so it is, a, and is it employee, uh, employment labor-based tax credit, which kind of falls in line with the R&D tax credit. So um, yeah, we're absolutely offering that, that tax credit service as well. So when you go through the, the ERC credit, you get it. Um, is this something that gets to the bottom line of the business or does it like in the case where, you know, the owners were able to take home pay, was this something that, uh, that goes back to the business or back to the owners? Good question. So because it's like this, you know, labor-based tax credit, you file it on the form 941s, which are the payroll tax forms, you know, those quarterly tax forms that the business has to pay in every quarter, uh, right? There's that everyone, you know, the businesses are paying in that 6.2% of the Medicare social security tax, along with the other uh, taxes that are paid in. And it was on that form that they had uh, created an, an addendum to that form and then uh, added these line items so that we work directly with the payroll providers uh, and, and get them their amended 941Xs. The payroll providers are able to amend those 941s and claim their refunds. And so the refunds are coming back directly to the business itself. Uh, they're not passing through to the owners uh, with this tax credit. Again, this is a business tax credit that is just, it's, it's, it's an, uh, a labor-based tax credit that's filed on the 941s. We work directly with the payroll providers and the accountants um, to make sure that the, the, the credit calculations are accurate. Again, we documented all this. Uh, we have unlimited audit support on these. And um, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's been amazing to see 
how many businesses are taken advantage and how many businesses are not. I think there's still, you know, some misconceptions that if you took the PPP loans, you can't take the ERTC credits. And, and that's not the case. You can actually take both. Um, so it's just, again, a little bit of an education, um, educating these CPAs and businesses that, hey, we understand you took the PPP, but you could also be entitled to these tax credits and refunds just for keeping employees on payroll. And how long does the process take once you start to you know, apply, you send the, the employee retention credit back to the, you know, how long does it take to get the process going and then actually getting funded? Now, that's a great question. And ultimately, it depends on who your payroll provider is. You know, some of the bigger payroll companies like ADP, Paychex, Paylocity, uh, Gusto, Trinet, um, some of the bigger PEOs as well are processing these faster because of the relationships they have with the IRS. It, it was clearly understood that when this came out that the IRS would be working with the payroll providers to get the money in the hands of the business owners quicker. Um, and so for that reason, you know, once we're able to get the amended 941Xs into their hands, in some cases we're seeing it being credited or funded like immediately with some of these PEOs. Sometimes it's taken two to four to six weeks to see those funds end up in the, in the business's uh, bank account. In other times, if you have just an accountant that's preparing your 941s or you have to actually send those forms into the IRS, it could take three to six months. Um, so, you know, every payroll provider is different. Um, the way that these are being amended are different. It ultimately comes down to who is your payroll provider? What's that process look like? Short answer is it could be two to six weeks. Long answer is it could be uh, three to six months. So, um you know, nonetheless, we, we, we still don't get paid until those refund checks come in. So similar, similar fee structure on our end, our goal is just to get the cash into the hands of the business's owner uh, quicker, faster. Um, as soon as they do, we get paid. Is there a way to check on the status of where they're at with yours? <laughs> well, we can certainly call on the IRS and try to get through. Um, they'll either tell you that it's been, it, it hasn't been processed yet, or it has, and it's kind of the same go around. Um, you know, it's, um, Best of luck getting through to the IRS is what I would. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. We're kind of sitting on waiting on ours too. So I get it. I get it. That's awesome. I'm yeah. so glad that you have the ability to help people get this and understand what it is that it takes to make it happen for people. That's, that's phenomenal. Yeah. It, and it can be complex. Um, and so, you know, there's a number of nuances. If you have multiple entities under a controlled group, it, it gets complex. And so, um, we've got tax credit consultants, again, with different uh, disciplines that are able to digest a lot of the information quickly. You know, once we're able to receive the information, we typically are turning these credit calculations around in about a week or two. Um, nice. So, And it's not just for 2020, it's also for 2021, correct? Correct. Yeah. So again, it's, it's on these quarterly tax forms. So uh, you'll be able to go back uh, into 2020 and you can qualify for up to 5,000 per employee in 2020. And then it's 7,000 per employee per quarter in 2021. So maybe you only qualify for one or two quarters in 2021. Maybe you qualify for every quarter in 2021, um, but it's, it's more of a quarterly assessment and analysis. Um, right. And, and it all has to do with the timing of when you took PPP money, because the same months that you took PPP money, you can't necessarily take the ERC credit at the same time. And that's what you were saying, right? Right. Yeah. You know, the, you can't double dip on the PPP and the ERTC, but in the event that you had paid PPP loan through the end of February and you used your funds for March, you could still qualify for those 
wages that you paid in March for the ERTC credit. Um, so it's, you know, that's kind of where the complexities start to come into play, where we have to really understand down to the day who, you know, what funds are being paid with PPP and what funds are being paid with your own money. Um, that's kind of how the credits start to fall out. Wow. That's been a lot of great information from you, Tyler. Thank you so much for sharing. Is there anything else that you think that our audience needs to know about that, uh, <laughs> since you've given us so much today, is there anything else? You know, I think just in general, you know, anybody that's developing anything proprietary to them uh, would likely qualify, um, whether you have a mobile application, um, you know, proprietary algorithms, maybe you're developing an email marketing platform or a social media management platform. Um, you know, maybe it's just, uh, you know, a platform for uh, e-commerce, right? There's a lot of different like third-party integrations, custom integrations, um, you know, data analytics, uh, big data, uh, if you're creating dashboards that maybe are for internal use, right? Like you're trying to understand, are my marketing ads working? And you want a better way to, to analyze that data. You know, all these types of activities and in, in, in companies can, uh, can qualify. Um, and, then, and then again, if you were negatively, negatively impacted in any way after COVID, you should absolutely be looking at ERTC credits. Again, you can find us at striketax.com. Um, you can reach out uh, directly to Ray or myself, and we're happy to help. Okay. So I have maybe two more questions for you. You ready? Yes. All right. Um, what are some resources that have helped you along the way that you could share? Oh man. Um, you know, I've, I, I tend to read a, a lot of self-help books and, you know, I think that the Tim Ferriss kind of book collection have always been great for me. The tools of Titans and the tribe of mentors. Um, you know, those are two books that I can kind of pick up and, and kind of find some motivation throughout the day or, um, you know, find some inspiration in a way. Um, you know, I, I really have found a lot of favor with the blockchain community in the last three or four years. Um, and I think there's just so many fascinating innovations that are happening in the tech space in the financial services space that's really transforming the way that we operate digitally um, together as a, an economy. And, um, you know, there's just a, there's some books, um, you know, the block, blockchain revolution book. It was, it was a, it was a great book. Um, the conscious capitalism uh, was a book by, uh, was, a, and then the zero to one by Peter Thiel has been great um, in terms of just building software and knowing when the right time to strike is uh, no pun intended. But, um, you know, I would say just kind of, you know, we're, we're, we're certainly busy growing really, really fast. And it's always kind of good to just kind of take a step back and, um, you know, find some inspiration with, throughout the readings that I do. And, um, yeah, I would say that's, that's kind of my go-to for, um, you know, when I'm looking for inspiration is, is certainly reading. Excellent. Okay. What's one thing you wish you would have known before you began this career in this space? Oh, well, I know always, they always said that it wasn't going to be easy. Um, but, you know, I just think how much time and effort really goes into it. Um, you know, we, we're a fast growing startup that we went from, you know, zero to 200 clients in less than 18 months. And we're growing really, really fast, adding a number of, of employees. And um, there comes a lot of responsibilities. And um, it's just knowing that, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. you got to be patient with, um, the vision and, the, and what the dream is and that, um, you know, just making sure that you have the right partners in place and people in place. It ultimately comes down to, to building a culture and a team um, that you can trust and, and delegate things to. And, you know, I think um, it's, 
it's been a very, very fun ride, but it hasn't been easy. Um, and I know we try to make it look like it's been all fun and games, but we're definitely uh, rolling up our sleeves here. And, you know, those 12 to 14 hour days will be worth it um, in the long run. That's awesome. And okay, so I love to say that, you know, branding starts with your culture from the inside out. So what if you were to describe your culture, what is your culture in your company? Yeah, so I come from a big uh, sports background, uh, just playing a bunch of different sports growing up, had a lot of success growing up. And so I, I try to create that team environment where I like to be seen as a player coach where, you know, leading by example and um, willing to kind of jump in and, and, you know, roll up my sleeves and, you know, even at the, the most entry level position and really train. Um, you know, I think that there's a big focus on uh, just training these folks and, and, you know, giving as much information that I can you know, to my team. Um, and, 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 you know, the way that we're operating is everybody on the team needs to know each other's positions, right? If somebody's out or they're sick or, you know, they need to know how to play that, play that role. And, you know, it kind of comes back to having everybody's back and just being able to communicate, um, being as open as we can about communications and, you know, putting our, putting our people first, uh, really listening to them uh, as to what they want to see and change. You know, we're not we're not a company that it's you know this is our way or the highway. We're we're really looking for feedback from from everybody, and um, you know, putting in the little things, right? Like getting them all the benefits that they deserve, and you know, four hundred one k and matching. And you know, we want to be a great company, and we've got a long way to go. But um, you know, the people come first, and you know, it's certainly uh, being able to listen and and take their feedback and and build some cool technology with it. So what are some aspirations? What are some, you know, six months, two years, five years, 10 years? What do you want to see this company do after a period of time? So long story short, my my firm was acquired by Strike uh, about 18 months ago, and I'd partnered with Jonathan Cardella, our CEO, and he's a serial tech entrepreneur. Uh, he's built and exited a few different software companies, tech companies in, in his um 20 years of, of being in the software space. And we kind of came together with this vision to build software for the R&D tax credit space and the tax credit space in general. So we've been doing a lot of research and discovery and R&D the last 18, 24 months. And we're really excited to roll out our software here uh, in, at the end of Q4. And, um, you know, I think uh, the six month vision is, is rolling out this software, continuing to add new features. Um, you know, we, we've got a pretty big runway and, uh, and, and uh, roadmap as to what are a lot of features we want to do, um, you know, how we want to start to disrupt this marketplace. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, looking at, you know, maybe adding additional tax credits and, and service lines to that um, as we're building the software, it'll be it'll become easier and easier for us. Um, you know, again, we're at a company of about 25 here today, but, um, you know, we could be 7,500 employees here in the next couple of years. So, um, you know, really starting to bring in the, the tax credit experts to build these processes around. Uh, we don't want to be seen as a, a turbo tax of tax credits. Um, you know, we really want to build our processes around the experts first um, and then just let the tech enable us to do our job. So, you know, uh, expanding into the different regions. Um, currently, we're we're headquartered in Boise. I'm in the greater Los Angeles area. Uh, we've got folks in Arizona, Utah, Minneapolis, Austin, uh, Houston. Uh, so looking to get out to the to the East Coast and, and really start to expand our reach in terms of who we can help, how we can help, and um, just educate along the way. That's awesome. So, okay, talking about company culture and having remote teams, what are some things that you guys have been able to, to accomplish together that have helped you continue to build that company culture, even though you're not in the same space? 
your question and it has been challenging um you know i think we're all been in the same boat there but you know definitely growing at the rate that we're growing adding team members you know there's a few folks that we never got to meet in person um you know, for months until they started, but, you know, it's definitely getting that face-to-face interaction, you know, having the zoom calls where everyone, Hey, got to turn on your camera. We got to see you. Um, you know, we, we were lucky enough to uh, have kind of a retreat this summer, uh, in Boise where a lot of us were able to meet for the first time. And it's kind of just to be able to, we, we did a lot of fun stuff. We floated down the river we went to a Boise Hawks baseball game. Um, we got a few different Airbnbs for the group with, with, with some pools and, it was just a great bonding experience um, where we were able to build that team camaraderie, you know, face to face. But, you know, we, we do drink and thinks once a month where we're able to, to share, uh, you know, do a um, come up with new ideas. What do we want to see as a business? Uh, what do we want to learn about? And so we're able to do these drink and thinks and um, it kind of keeps people loosey and goosey. And, um, <laughs> you know, uh, those are always fun. Um I love that drinking things. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, drinking things are fun. Um, and again, it's just a way for us to kind of take off our business hats and and just kind of open up and explore. You know, maybe some new ideas that had you had had over the last couple of weeks, or um, you know, we're just moving so fast that it's good to hear these feedback from 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 our employees. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Tyler, and just dropping so much knowledge and sharing with us. And I'm, I have no doubt that people listening to this will need to reach out to you to see if they qualify for those R&D tax credits or the employee retention credits or any of those things that you do to help people in business do better business because of it. So thank you so much. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's been a pleasure having uh, you have me on. Um, again, yeah, feel free to reach out any way that we can do to help. Uh, more than happy to. Excellent. And for those of you listening, the best thing that you can do for the Marketing Expedition podcast is give us a review, share it with others that you know need to hear what we had to say today and other days. Um, But certainly, we really appreciate those listeners who are loyal to us. And thank you for all that you do to help us make this the top 10% most popular podcast on the planet, which is super awesome. And until next time, enjoy the journey. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Want to continue the journey? Don't miss out on new episodes. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.